shining a beacon on the bazaar. Now then, Arkid, how's it going with Christmas lights? Oh, mate, they're done. It's took me three full days. It's wrapped, wrapped tight, is that lighthouse? Oh, wow, you've gone all the <laughs> way up. They're all, all little sparklers oh, mate, on honestly, there and stuff. wait till this gets switched on, my friend. You've never seen lights like these. Oh, I can't wait. Well, without further ado, I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the plug here. Shall I get yeah, man, plug, right? plug that puppy yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, you go right. So here we go. One, two, three. Wow! Oh my! Just my wow. eyes! <laughs> my beautiful eyes! <laughs> oh, can you feel warmth of it? God, it's like warming, it's burning! Oh, that's like really, it looks amazing wow. though, don't oh, it? Man, you, know. you can see like in space. <laughs> Look at that! There's some right casting with this, <laughs> mate. It? There's no boat going into this island. Wow! That's it. It's going to be a shipproof zone completely <laughs> as we sparkle in there. But, but what's that in the sky though? It's getting closer. It's, it's coming out, it's turning our way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it's a jumbo jet! Oh, it's over. It's pulled up. I think we're going to have to rethink the lights. That's took me three days. <laughs> I thought we were Leeds Bradford Airport, didn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go have a cuppa. Oh, that's not. We'll, we'll, we'll have to go in anyway, though. But anyway, that's the that's start of some casting there. You know, getting casting out. Because this is Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bizarre. It certainly is. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. And here we are. I tell you some amazing stories and stuff, you know. Things I cast my light out, we'll find some interesting stuff, and we'll tell you a few interesting tales. You've been casting a bit. I've been awesome. casting a lot, almost as much as your bloody Christmas lights are. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's get a crackle on <laughs> Let's do it. always like to start with something that's like a bit current, a bit sort of uh, a bit newsy mm. this time, you know. It's not it's not covering anything we've we've done before. But have you heard about the Zodiac Cypher? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit weird over this week and as soon as I hear the news sat on the toilet on the Saturday, that's all <laughs> I've been doing is listening, reading and watching movies about the Zodiac. Well the movie's great though, Zodiac. The it may I, I yeah. watched it first time and I, I thought that was good, but watched it a second time and I was like, that is fun. Yeah. When you got a, a bit of the who's who in it when you watch the movie again it's like yeah. what very very well covered is that movie it's so good isn't it yeah, yeah I loved it but, yeah. but for those who don't know who are out there is the uh, what it was the Zodiac Killer uh, was operating, operating in the uh, San Francisco area mm-hmm. um 50 years ago it was now, something like that, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And um, they never caught the guy. They had a few suspects, they had a few people who thought it was. Um, but he used to send the newspapers and the police, like, coded messages. And he'd even send with his messages things like a piece of blooded shirt, like yeah, evidence. Just, just to show like him, him that did it. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of these great things that just 
caught the public's imagination. One of the first ones that really got the imagination. The man it. wore a bloody outfit for it. He was like yeah. an anti-superhero, wasn't he? Some yeah. evil villain or something. And he'd kind of lurk around lovers' lanes and shoot young lovers as they're having a bit of a smooch in the, the car. The second to last one where you just like sat on a like a lake having a bit of a smooch daytime, and she's like, "There's someone up there." And he's not bothered. He's getting closer, and he ducks behind a tree, gets into his outfit, which is like an executioner's outfit yeah. with a full like symbol of the zodiac at front of it. Yeah. Then comes down, ties him up, stabs him up. You know, yeah. I mean, he's an absolute loon. Completely barking. So this is actually a story from Kevin Fagan from the San Francisco Chronicle. Ooh, so let's wow, go yeah. local for that. And that was the paper that they were sending him to. Yeah. And it's saying, the solution to what's known as the 340 cipher, one of the most vexing mysteries of the Zodiac Killer's murderous saga, has been found by a code-breaking team from the United States, Australia and Belgium. Wow. The cipher, sent in a letter to the Chronicle in November 1969, has been puzzling authorities and amateur sleuths since it arrived 51 years ago. Investigators hope the Zodiac, who killed five people in the Bay Area in 1968 and 69, would reveal his name in one of his many ciphers. But there is no such name in the Cipher 340. So according to the code-breaking expert David Oranchak, the Cipher's text includes... I hope you were having a lots of fun in trying to catch me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber, because it will send me to paradise. All the sooner, because I now have enough slaves to work for me. Because this is one of the things he believed, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He believed that the more people that you kill, and there's a few killers that believe this as well. There's a few cultures that have believed this yeah, as well, yeah, you know but, what I mean? Some really dark, weird, old um, yeah. cultures that actually believe that. And so that the belief that is the more souls you kill, or more people you kill, more souls you have to serve you in the afterlife. Is your cup of tea, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for killing me. <laughs> How weird is that? I mean, what an image of the afterlife that'll be anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to look at him, right? Would you? Like, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> would it be like? Wouldn't be like heaven, would it? Because you just turn up, there's all these dead people yeah. lying around, so like you Make, killed, making you sandwiches <laughs> and that. Remember me? <laughs> you bummed me in the woods <laughs> and then stabbed me up. <laughs> it's horrific, isn't it? I know, Weird absolutely all. terrifying. You know. So the, uh, the 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 saying here that the uh, the FBI, well, Cameron Polan spokeswoman for the FBI's San Francisco office, confirmed Oranchak's claim on Friday. In a statement emailed to the Chronicle, she said, The FBI is aware that a cipher attributed to the Zodiac Killer was recently solved by private citizens. The Zodiac Killer case remains an ongoing investigation for the FBI, San Francisco Division, and our local law enforcement partners. The Zodiac Killer terrorised multiple communities across the Northern California, and even though decades have gone by, we continue to seek justice for the victims of these brutal crimes. So hopefully now, this evidence that they've got, these ciphers, cracked ciphers, might just lend something. Because it's a little bit like the Unabomber. Because yeah. um, some people say he is the Unabomber. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. But, but what, what they did find is that we're, uh, they had little words and phrases that he used, the Unabomber used in his letters. Like saying, uh, to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, you like know, mis- yeah, mixed up kind of thing. So we really little sort of like yeah, yeah. over over. It's like how we spelt Christmas, and there's, yeah. there's quite a lot of weird misspellings in it. So that's it. So that's what they're hoping, um, you know, so, sort of like that's what they're hoping it's going to yeah, sort of yeah. come, fr- come through with. So yeah, so we've managed to crack this cipher. 
and would like to hear it. Yeah. No. And the solution to 340 Cypher, according to our own checks team, is... I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber, because it will send me to paradise all sooner. Because I now have enough slaves to work for me, where everyone else has nothing. When they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid, because I know that my new life is life, will be an easy one in a paradise death. Which is a weird jumbo thing, it isn't is it? It is really freaking weird. But he just sound like he fully believes he's going to get it all. Well, I think he's one of these classic people who's like a... Who's not very well educated, perhaps, but has an animal cunning. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm into a vid capture for all these years. You know, it's, it's weird. And I wonder what it means by wasn't me on the on the game show. I wonder what that is. Uh, like. On the basically, there were a, a morning television phoning uh, oh, series, right, yeah. and uh, one bloke um, phoned in, and the coppers like said, "Keep him on the phone for 15 minutes." He, he could have stayed on a bit, then all rang back again. They said, "Oh, I don't want to do it. I'm scared of going to the gas chamber. Yeah. Uh, I want saving. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick." And he just want him, you know. Yeah. He, he kind of stated saying, "Like that want me on that talk show." Wow. Couple of groovy facts. So the, the cop that um, they killed one of his last kills was the uh, taxi driver in yeah. San, Fran San Francisco, and then it were assigned to one of like a super cop in San Francisco. Right. And this bloke was just like nails. He wrote paper all the time. Just everybody who knew him, um, and he were basically Steve McQueen. Well, like, you know, I don't know if it will be before or after, but he's like, oh, can I knock around with you? I'm doing a film called Bullets. Oh, Saturday. really? And it, it, if you watch Bullet, yeah, well, Steve McQueen holds his pistols and stuff like that. He's taken straight from this other dude. And there's another San Francisco cop that was exactly the story, and it's a Dirty Harry. Filthy Harold? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, were, he were fighting the Gemini killer. Yeah, and that's he was going to shoot a school bus, which um, Zodiac threatened that he was going to pop yeah. a tyre and pop the little darlings when they got off the school yeah. bus. Um, and that's, you know, the end of Dirty Harry with wow. like the school bus kind of scenario. Um, and it's just madness, you know what I mean? Wow, it's cool, but can you imagine if he's still alive, the Zodiac? I know. Can we just get him now? It's like Golden Gate Killer, though. They're still out there. Yeah. Golden, the Golden State Killer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly there. A little bit of Benny Fat. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. These people these people could very well be out there. I know? think, I can't remember his name, but there's one very sinister bloke in all this. He's, he's, if you listen to it, his name comes up and up and up. He kind of got off with it because his handwriting yeah. didn't match. But it were an ambidextrous dude with this block, so he could have done different handwriting. And he even say his mood could have changed to do the handwriting, or he got someone else to do the notes. Yeah. But this block, it's, it, the key of it is the, the one of the first killings. The waitress, uh, she knew a lot of men, shall we say? Yeah. And one of her, she was scared of one man in particular. Uh, and it's the bloke that got investigated so much. Is he, was he the bloke with the Zodiac watch? Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but my God, the evidence points to him. Yeah, he says in this actual article, it says the name most commonly put forth as a man likely to be the Zodiac is convicted child molester and Navy veteran Arthur Lee Allen of yeah. Vallejo. Is that the guy? Yep, yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Because everybody says, oh, it was Lee, it was Lee. And like, no, that's not his name, it's his middle name, and he liked to be called Lee. Oh, yeah. he's, he's got so many uh, weird similarities in between Twin Peaks. You know, she, oh, you know, right. honestly, it's, it, you know, it's like um, uh, a circle of friends, shall we say, her men friends. You know, I mean, she's married, but she's still, you know, yeah, dating. Still, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, but there's this one dark 
enter this this lead dude, you know what yeah, I mean? Well, he's no longer with us. He died in 1958 of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, he died at 58, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1992, so mm-hmm. he, he's, he snuffed it. But you know, that's absolutely madness. Yeah, it so is, it's yeah. an interesting one. Very interesting, yeah. You know, not not particularly funny. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get many chuckles off the Zodiac killings, yeah, do you? Yeah, but it's a good rabbit hole to go yeah. down for a while. I'm, I'm right enjoying this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so what we'll do, we're going we're gonna to sort of like, uh, we're going to keep that on our files. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to see what what can come of it, because I think that's pretty interesting. That's that, cool, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned to Crack and Curve, and we'll bring you the news first. <laughs> yeah. It might be a scoop. <laughs> Yes, you see, you know, the police have been busy trying to catch the Zodiac and they're going to get busy again out there over there in, in San Francisco. Those cool coppers are going to sort of <laughs> grab the pistols from the drawer, aren't they? They're going to go down that big hill on the car. Yeah, you know, that's the hill catching air. But that don't, that's not to say that, you know, British coppers aren't being busy. Yeah. They've been busy lads and lasses, you know? <laughs> so here's a story for you. Met Police appeal of a fake nude game show. (laughs) (laughs) Why does stuff like these? A fake game show host tricked two men into being filmed carrying out naked challenges for the chance to win cash, police have said. In 2018, a 28-year-old man told the Met he had been filmed in a hotel room in Newham, East London, by another man who claimed it was for a show. <laughs> it was for a show. A very private show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's probably gets watched an awful lot. <laughs> oh, and earlier this year, a 31-year-old man reported a similar thing happening to him in 2013, seven years wow. ago, the force said. So Scotland Yard said officers believe there may be more victims. Mm. I do not doubt it. Yeah, it does seem like there's going to be a few. The 28-year-old approached police in uh, June 2018 to report that a man claiming to be in the entertainment industry, yes, Mm. (laughs) self-entertainment industry, (laughs) had asked him to take part in a game show for a chance to win £5,000. He said he was required to take part in several nude challenges. In a hotel room? What kind of sucker is he? <laughs> Which were filmed by the suspect who kept the footage. Oh, <laughs> you got me really dope The second victim, who was identified by police in February this year, told officers a man had coerced him into doing something similar in a hotel in southeast London in August 2013. <laughs> oh, hang about. Officers arrested a 29-year-old man in January 2019 on suspicion of voyeurism, and he was released under investigation. And Sergeant James Mason (laughs) said, We believe there may be more victims in relation to these events. (laughs) The master said. (laughs) James Mason said... (laughs) So they're urging anyone else to come forward who are victims to these sort of so things. What, what did they have to do in a hotel room? Like, well, get blindfolded and suck the pickle? It's only a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> the classic game of suck the pickle. <laughs> See how many of these small bathroom soaps you can invest it to your own arnos in 37 seconds. <laughs> I can't understand the old taft iron in us. What is it? What do they do? I have no idea what they'll be made to do. But again, this is the problem with people. It's they're just so vain, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's they're sort of, oh, my 15 minutes of fame. Oh, here I'm in a whole t- hotel room. Yeah. Who, um, me? Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, it's got all the kit. It's got all the camera and all this sort of stuff. Right. Ready, steady, go. 
<laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. I might win five thousand pounds. Yeah. I'll be world famous. Yes. Going back to uh, James Mason though, he was, he was supposed to be the hairiest man in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, someone said he took his shirt off. He thought, why has he got a shirt underneath? That isn't a shirt underneath. He was supposed to be just like a real like hairy. Wow. Absolutely. What a bear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 me was actually him in the hotel room. <laughs> Was it wasn't challenge first? Uh, shave me naked. <laughs> oh, well, that'd clog up the bathtub, oh, wouldn't it? Imagine that. Shaving James Mason. <laughs> Even like an end jog at bottom of the bathtub. <laughs> the rookie meaning. <laughs> but no, I mean, again, it's why people. Somebody approached you on the street and sort of said to you, it's £5,000, want you to take your clothes off in the hotel room. If you give me cash. <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. Actually, five grand. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need coercion. You just, like, yeah. Yeah, just I, mean, I don't think anyone's gonna offer me five grand to take my clothes. Unless it's some sort of odd physical specimen, one who's short of a classroom, yeah. <laughs> medical students. Yeah. Just come in. <laughs> just stand there, and they all go. Uh, and I, uh, the classroom, and here we are now. This is uh, this is Matt. And, Look at the fucking state of this. <laughs> this is what happens when you ruin your life with booze. <laughs> Put all your clothes back on. Here's five thousand pounds to get dressed again. <laughs> no, so yeah, I, I've I've no pity for the people involved. No, especially they've got five grand out of it. What the morning for? I, I tell you what, though, I'd love to watch the film footage. <laughs> It's just out of wonderment. I think, yeah. what can you do in an hotel room? Now play ping pong ball against the wall. Yeah, it? jump from one bed to the other. <laughs> Make it flat. <laughs> so from one uh, unusual wood. <laughs> So, you know, it's like, you know full well that making things and sort of manufacturing stuff and how fossil fuels like oil and mm. things like that, it's bad news, isn't it? Oh, no, totally. Bad gear. But um, this is about a story from Paul Miles for The Guardian, and it says, Sustainable, abundant and low cost. Why lignin might just be a miracle manufacturing material. Ooh, lignin. One day we could be riding bicycles and driving cars made from wood. Now, we aren't talking about eccentric steampunk contraptions, but high-tech, lightweight machines of carbon fibre. Right. Made from lignin, a complex carbon polymer abundant in nature. The foam in bike saddles and car seats could also be derived from lignin, as could be the glue that holds it all together. Lignin could even be the biocarbon alternative to graphite in the lithium-ion battery. Wow. And this is the vision of Stora Enzo, a renewable materials company, one of the largest private forest owners in the world. So Laurie Leitonen, head of innovation in the biomaterials division at this Helsinki-based company, says, The amount of lignin needed for your new car will be able to regrow in a Scandinavian forest in about one-tenth of a second. Wow. Yeah. So currently, the manufacture of carbon fibre, increasingly in demand for use in wind turbines and electric vehicles, um, necessitates an expensive, energy-intensive and toxic chemical process using petrochemicals as building blocks. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, it's yeah, still yeah, using yeah. petrol and stuff like this, you know. Conversely, lignin is a fully renewable, non-toxic resource found in almost all plants. Humans consume it daily in fruit and veg, 
where it's a source of dietary fibre. And it's also been transformed into high-grade carbon materials now. So basically what it is, is what they're arguing here is, is we dig up things like petrochemicals and things like this mm. and turn that into um, uh, sort of like various various items, production yeah. products and things. But what they're saying is lignin is what they are using when you do that. Yeah, but it's yeah. fossilised lignin. Yeah, yeah, so they've used it already. We're digging up and reusing it. Why not yeah. just get it at the source? Get it at source. Wow, that's what we're doing. that's incredible. Isn't that Why haven't we figured that out before? That's insane. Oh, probably petrol companies, isn't it? Well, it could be, that could be easy. It's, it's yeah. that easier thing. You, you, I mean, I think... I think the first discoveries of petrol was the case. Oh, this is amazing! What else can we do with it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's loads of little experiments. Probably things that sort of went wrong. Yeah. Oh, I, I meant to make this more fluid. I probably made it in a big lump of something. Oh, let's yeah. call it plastic. Yeah, you yeah. know, it could be like that. But now they're looking at other things, other ways to mix up. But they reckon you can make clothes with it, weave with it. You can wow. use all your laptops, cases, and all the plastic in that. Water oh, bottles. Wow, that is just incredible. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how biodegradable this stuff is though, because although it's made from. Um, materials like trees. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily say that it's going to be a biodegradable material. I don't know what that sort of side of things are. You know. Yeah. I hope so because that'd be really, really good. You know, know man, it could be the solution we need. I, I hope so. Yes, but you know, it, it sounds like an interesting one. So we'll, we could may necessitate the idea of growing more and more forests. Yeah. So that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, you know, yeah, please. Yeah. You know, because there's no trees on Crack and Cove, is yeah. there? That's the problem. It is a little bit barren. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But we had a bit of oil occasionally. From and uh, <laughs> a few crashes upon it. <laughs> or me doing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Your greasy hair. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's stay tuned on that as well. Let's, let's hope yeah, that definitely. lignin might be the future of future of everything. And you never know, we might have a lighthouse made of lignin at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't get rid of this old boy, I love it. Oh, we never replace it. Yeah, no, we yeah. just build one near it for a bit of a bit of a bit of a lot of them in the uh, I think it's in uh, South America for some reason. They have this like a twin lighthouse. I don't know what the theory is between the tin, twin lighthouse. They, they are out there, twin lighthouses. Well, like yeah, like a backup or something. Oh, we overfall out. That's what we do. Just have one each. Grumpy. Just looking at your big telescope. Flicking V's. Well, the good thing about new woods, they're always nice, new woods and new trees, but the, the thing that you could have new forests and things could hold mysterious creatures within Ooh, them. Yeah, That's like the thing. So we've got something a bit, a bit interesting here. This is from Charles Wade Palmer for the Star. Ooh. Good name though, Charles yeah, Wade. Yeah, I bet he's, I can just see him sort of like that with a cravat and smoking a cigarette. Be very louche. <laughs> no, is it louche? I think that's it. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so this is frightening six foot ape man of solid muscle wow. left a farm animal animal stench near London. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this is the frightening sight of a towering ape man built of solid muscle has been reported watching over a runner. Just 25 miles from London, according to bizarre claims. <laughs> An amateur athlete claims to have had a chilling encounter with a Bigfoot-type beast in Box Hill, Surrey, while training in broad daylight. Researcher of bizarre creature sightings from big cats to werewolves, Andy McGrath admits he used to laugh at the idea of Britain being home to such phenomena. But having read upon multiple modern-day witness accounts from across the UK, 
Andy is convinced reports such as the Box Hill Ape Man should be taken seriously. Wow. <laughs> so the Beast of Britain author, well, the Beasts of Britain author, that must be his book there, yeah. you know, yeah, followed up on the report from summer 2012 and investigated the scene where an unknown creature allegedly approached a member of the public. <laughs> so you can imagine that, though. You're out in the middle of nowhere having a bit of a run, you know. <laughs> and he approaches you. What does he He's very suspicious, does he? He's naked and all muscly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> have a disposable razor on your person. <laughs> I'll film you while you shave me. <laughs> Five grand in it for you. <laughs> and he said, during my training session I had heard wood knocking, right? Well, I'm out about this. James, put it away. <laughs> Slapping it around. <laughs> that in one hand, five grand in another. <laughs> Knocking away. Waving him around. So, Andy, Andy said, during my training sessions, I heard wood knocking. I can't say how many knocks, because at the time my focus was on training, and I did not know that wood knocks have been linked to what I was about to see. <laughs> Sorry. Wood knock. But I've heard this with Bigfoot. They do come out. They do. Yeah, I've heard this. Bang the wood. <laughs> yeah. I just remember thinking to myself, what's that noise? As it was loud, but distant, and seemed to be coming from several directions. They're called echoes, mate. (laughs) A good 25 minutes of resting on some steps with a recovery drink passed before he heard the noise get closer, but first dismissed it as a dog walker. He continued, it was still daylight and I could hear footsteps coming down the hill. I didn't look around at this point, as I was sat to the side, out of the way, and expecting a dog walker to come by. I then realised that the person walking down the stairs had stopped. I could hear breathing, and I had an unsettled feeling that I was being watched. And he went on. I turned and looked over my right shoulder, and there stood about ten metres back, to my right hand side and up the steps was what I honestly believed to be some sort of ape. Wow. James Mason. Well <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <in his cup>. <laughs> <laughs> its fur was brown, with patches of grey. The face was very human-like, with a flat nose, but the jaw was big, and it looked out of proportion to the head. The head was domed at the top. The animal stood on two legs, but appeared to slump forward, and the arms were long in proportion to the body. And he went on. The animal was very thick built, I can only say solid muscle. It was frightening the build of this thing. I'm not sure the height from the angle I was at, but I could estimate only at 6 foot plus, but I'm not sure. The animal stood staring at me for about 30 seconds before turning round and walking off, but still watching me. So he must have been giving a bit of a bit, bit sort of side eye him and all that sort of stuff, you know. And as I left I could smell a stale farm animal type smell which lingered. 
I mean, I don't know if James Mason's guilty, but I, sort of <laughs> think, I don't know whether they mentioned him before. We should know about the first. There's supposed to be a few stinky celebrities, but I've never heard his name. I have heard this about stinky celebrities. Yeah, yeah, it's like a list like, of real stinkers, yeah, isn't it? Like is it Brad Pitt is a Brad Pitt and Angelina were supposed yeah. to be the onkiest couple in Hollywood, wasn't yeah, they? Yeah, can you imagine? Uh, I wonder if that is some sort of animalistic sex musk. Yeah, it could be, could it? You know what I yeah. mean? Like some, I think the face is right sim- symmetrical, isn't it? That's something that they all share in common. But what, maybe, stinky people? Yeah. Stinky, <laughs> no, really symmetrical faces. No, good-looking people, you know, like the superstars or the super good-looking. Oh, They've got right. a really symmetrical face. You know, like you put them in the mirror, it's just them, you know oh, what I mean? Wow. Type of thing, but maybe that... Couldn't do that with me. I look like two different people. I'm so wonky. Half of me would be missing. <laughs> what about is this, though? You say it's near London. Well, Box Hill, it's... Uh, it's uh, I think it's just outside. It's in Surrey. It's just outside London. Is this? And it's famous as Box Hill for. Um, I think there's a bike climb. You're know, like a like oh, a right. hill climb sort of thing yeah, that goes yeah. on there. And I think oh, I believe there's some some other sort of car racing sort of thing. Would you like a little look at the British Bigfoot? Oh, did he? Did he? Got, uh, no, no, it's a little drawing, right? It, it, the name for the British Bigfoot is the World Woes. A world woes. World woes. Oh, <laughs> that's quite good, doesn't it? It, it? it looks quite adorable, doesn't it? Tiny little legs. Yeah, tiny little God, legs. A bit like you. He's <laughs> 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 just my body, isn't it? Yeah. Oh dear. Because well, you don't know actually that uh, Ben's uh, physique is very much like a, uh, an upright otter. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a six inch inside leg and he's, he's got a five and a half foot long spine he's actually a term now in the uh, I, I don't know the correct term for it it's like um, in the gay world he's an otter oh, when you, is you, you're a twink when you're young yeah, and right. then you grow older, and then you get a bit of a belly on you. Yeah. You know, we like literally yeah. like, call her a mo- an otter. It's an like otter. an older twink. He's an otter. An older, I don't think you're an older twink. You're more of a bear, though, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know that. I've just got a big belly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, so is this one that were drawn before, or is this the, is this the man that has actually took pen to paper? No, no. I think this is one that's uh, been drawn before, but I think it sits. You know, it sort yeah. of like fits the bill. Yeah, just like said, underneath the box hill ape. So, as other yeah. people have really maybe and maybe other... an artist has reimagined it. You yeah. know? But I think it's. I mean, this is the thing we've heard, we we talked with people before about things at the side of the road here and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know, and it's a, that could be it. it. Could be more than more than we think. It could be a multi-dimensional furry boy yeah. who oh, zips so in and out. You know, it could be zipping in and out. Oh, you think God, it's it's a smaller frame from the American Bigfoot or even the Shaggy Beast around here. It's more wilderness around here compared to London. You think is it like a small all the variety of it because he's, so. he's had to kind of keep his uh, you know keep it down a bit, a bit. I, I don't think so I don't think you'd be at a hydra not around here anymore <laughs> yeah. you, you'd get kids and sort of doing rope swings and throwing pop bottles in <laughs> and stuff yeah, like this his little hole <laughs> I know there's not much wilderness here is there but I, yeah. think, I think personally if there is such a thing about I think it's someone someone slips in and out of the thin places yeah yeah but you can't be that thin because he's quite a hench, isn't he? You yeah. know what I mean? He might get stuck if he tries to... <laughs> Imagine seeing someone like that, though. It would be a game-changer, wouldn't it? It would, actually. But then again, it'd be, it'd be, it's like that thing of saying, like, do you ever want to know there is a God? Because if you mm. know there is, then you have to be all religious and oh, go to church yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah very true, no. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> I'm not saying you have to worship the uh, British Bigfoot, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
one of the big dangers of being out and about walking a dog, isn't it? You might, might, might meet sort of like Bigfoot, and that's mm. what that runner were thinking. He was thinking, yeah. oh, it's just dog walkers out and about. Maybe that's what they need to do, just ask dog walkers what they've seen, and they've seen any big, yeah, exactly. big hairy men kicking about. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> British woods are notorious. <laughs> <stuff like that>. <laughs> Bit of dogging. <laughs> But one of the answers to that is to actually not get a proper dog, but get a little robot doggy. Oh, like K9. Yeah, I suppose so. Something like that, you know, a little bit. Because Samsung's got a new... Samsung, they've got a new one out. A, a new dog. <laughs> they've got a dog bot, right? It's oh, called right. Dog Bot, right? Um, but the thing is, sometimes when they make these things, I don't think they really kind of put enough market research into it or sort of think, is it going to be... Is it going to be creepy or not? Yeah. You know, do you want a little look at the new yes, one? The, the Samsung M1. Oh my god, let me just focus in on that. Is that the back of it? What's that red thing, man? <laughs> is that his ass? <laughs> <laughs> Make it a big neon, sore red arsehole. What's that? Is that the front of it? That's the front of it. It's oh, like right. a digital screen that will put like, information out for you. They your really group. have not <laughs> thought about the design of this because that looks like it's kind of. It's bending down there, and that's his saw butt on show. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad, Samson. Imagine the waking up at night and that thing's there waiting for Ooh, you. Oh, glory! One of its digital pedigree chum. <laughs> why would you want a, a dog bot? I don't know. What is that thought? why it's called a dog bot? Because he's you just a big sore ass. <laughs> What's going on? Let's have a little look into it, shall we? So this is uh, from a website called Man of Many. Ooh. Um, and it says it needs to be said up front that robots aren't expected to look exactly like what they are named for. That being said, the Samsung prototype Dogbot is a bit creepy even by those standards. The robotic dog has a skin on it, so the body actually starts to look like its canine source material, with four legs and what could easily pass as a ribcage and muscular structures of the bones of the legs. There isn't a tail. But there are enough bobtailed dogs out there that this can be excused away. You know, dogs mm. with dog doctored tails and stuff. So nothing creepy so far, right? The creepy part is the lack of head. Some Samsung's prototype really looks like a headless dog. So it's designed by uh, Gaetano de Ciccio from Naples. So you can imagine Italian designs. They're all a bit all over the place, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's, uh, and it, the dog has got many similarities with Boston Dynamics Spot and Sony's Ibo. I've not seen Sony's Ibo, I know, but I know the Boston Dynamic one. Have you seen right. that? Isn't that one that's running around the street really scary? Yeah. Oh, is, is that real, that, that, that thing? Because I thought that was a medal thing. Well, what, what the, it, the, the use the design of the Boston Dynamic robot dog yeah. Um, for the new, uh, the newish series of War of the Worlds, which is filmed oh. in France and Switzerland and stuff like this, oh, right. uh, which I really enjoyed. It got a little bit panned critically. Yeah, yeah. But the idea was that what they've done is the way the aliens invaded, rather than having big tripods, yeah, they just set absolutely tons of these robot dogs uh. to wipe out as many people as they can. Uh, and gross. and they've got a machine gun set in the head oh of these things, God. sort of thing. So basically, these robot dogs are charging around, machine gunning oh, everyone. Oh, God. Yeah. You ain't got a chance. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a fantastic series. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's worth worth watching, but a lot of people didn't particularly like it, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good series. But that's given me an absolute terror of robot dogs now mm. coming to get you, you know? Yeah. What, what's the actual? Why is everybody suddenly making robot dogs? What's? I don't know. I'm not too sure what they're for. Um, 
Possibly with military or something yeah. like that, but I just can't think why he's something. Well, they say the robot is conceived as being a watchdog of sorts. Oh, right. It's meant to be kept outside where it can patrol grounds and identify intruders or other threats. So it's dangerous, is this thing? <laughs> The, oh no, I don't like the idea of it. So I think what they're saying is the outside skin is actually literally like a like I don't know, but like Kevlar or, or yeah. some sort of material that you can sort of Jeez. take it off and wash it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the idea that you've got this—can imagine if you were breaking in somewhere? You, you know, you're in there with like a little safe cracker, yeah. and you suddenly walk with these robot dogs suddenly pop oh up from everywhere. God. At least you can't chew you if you haven't got no head. <laughs> I mean, it depends what they're going to put there instead. Oh my god, yeah. I don't like the look Lasers. Of it, Laser beams, dude! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, I think they're going to make robots with stuff. You've got to make them like people or something. Yeah, yeah. Man, you see they're doing that all the time, don't they, with the robot lasses that they're doing. Robot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah! That is getting really too weird, isn't it, all that? Yeah, I know. Well, what's the best way of having a robot? Because it used to be when we were younger, it was the idea that there going to be some sort of servant that worked in your house, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah. They'd walk around and cook your tea and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like the idea that doing a bit of hoovering. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, just does his chores. Yeah. I think we're just so scared of him now, aren't we? We have to terminate it. You're just like, you know, stay that's away. it, yeah. yeah. Well, this is what, uh, I think it was William Gibson, wasn't it? The sci-fi writer sort of said, you know, that you know, we've, we've created the dystopia that we deserve. Through the science fiction that we've consumed, ah, uh, we've had yeah. we've had the dystopia. So our world has become increasingly dystopian, and I believe he's saying what we need to do is create more utopian novels, right, uh, yeah. and we might start being a bit more optimistic. But I, I can't see that happening anytime soon. It's can not, you? It's not in his nature, unfortunately. Is what it? was the last time you read a, a utopian sci-fi novel? That's been, I think that's what's interesting, isn't it? Where it's gone wrong, or yeah. it's going wrong. Uh, or they're in danger or something. It's just that's a bit catches you, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, well. That's I suppose that's part of the thrill, isn't it? That's yeah. a thrill, that sort of malarkey. So, but as it is now, I'm going to stick to our little Mabel, the yeah. the lighthouse dog. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's much more fun than that. Oh, we don't massively. Want, you wouldn't get rid of her and get a bloody dog bot, <laughs> oh, would you? Oh, no, she's too cute. She's piling on the pounds, but she's, well, she's got a little cute. bit porky. She's <laughs> fattening up for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you little turkey pooch. <laughs> <laughs> We tack the road once more for the planting and the purling and the berry fields of blur. We'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around when the gang of bird folk tack the road and yellows on the broom. When yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, and I'll get you on the road again. So yeah, those dogs look pretty alien though, didn't they? Oh, Don't no, look right, those sort of things. Proper you know. futuristic evilness. Yeah. We're talking about aliens. More monoliths! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been a bit quiet with the little monolith yeah. news. This is the latest one. This is uh, this is actually December the 14th, 2020. And this is from, from the IFP News, right? It ran the front page. <gasps> no yeah. way! Yeah, so this is this is an Iranian monolith has died. So a new monolith has been discovered in Iran, the latest in a series of similar structures around the world. The metal monolith planted Firmly in the ground, with no clear sign of where it came from or why it was there, has been found in a small village northeast of Iran's capital, Tehran. After the discovery and swift disappearance of the mysterious shining metal monoliths in many places around the world, the new towering structure has popped up at the top of a valley in Niknamde, a small village north of Jajrut, around 15 kilometres east of Tehran. 
The new monolith is erected between the mountainside and a ravine, according to reporters of Asia. Uh, it looks like Ars Iran News, but it's not. It's <laughs> ACRE Iran News website. Ars. Ars yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reporter says uh, is the shiny metal structure in the village is around three metres high. So that's a tall one. Wow. That's a, a tall one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, three metres isn't, I think, because that's 12 foot is... That's about four meters. Right, right. So it's maybe, maybe might be about the same sort of thing. But but the reporter says let, the letters N and S have been inscribed on the metal object, showing directions to north and south. Ooh. Now the strange thing about this is Iran's quite a closed off country. Exactly. You, know what I mean? you don't get too much. So you, you don't get to sort of faff around with theirs. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been if it's been made by people. Yeah. It's made by people in Iran. They've That's actually done it themselves, you know. Got they, I can't see the monolith news being like headline over there because, again, the closed country, they're not going to be like shouting about all the other news. I suppose internet yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, well I, well, I think that's the thing now with the internet. This is what, I mean, especially Facebook. Facebook's very sort of common in a lot, lot of is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. what we consider to be quite closed areas. Um, the, the, that's that's it. getting good news through. Well, well, a lot of people. I've seen that Facebook. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, no, because a lot of things like things like Google aren't actually accessible. Yeah, I've heard that with servers. Yeah, yeah. So they actually, what they do is they use Facebook like a search engine. Wow. The people get their news and facts from Facebook. God, that scares the shit out of me. Well, it is. It's terrifying because it's even more terrifying than the monoliths or robot dogs. Yeah. And because the algorithms that they do, when they're obviously trying to find news, can sometimes be sensational. And the more people go on the sensational news, the more the algorithm feeds that to the fore. Wow. And it's been known to all have actually created small wars these algorithms now because you know you're reading about well it's like tech brexit and all this sort of stuff now yeah, yeah. you know you, we, you know somebody if you're against brexit people all the news you're getting is about stupid people wanting to go you know leave brexit yeah. but if you're for brexit all the news you're getting is about people yeah. who are trying to sort of like chum up to the EU sort of yeah. like moguls and things that you know that just purely getting a one sided star and it's whipping you up into some that's, that's, that's it that's all you ever get you know lovely so, yeah, <laughs> but that, good old algorithms yeah, I know I've got a, a really weird um, one that came out of Iran actually a new story do you remember the nuclear scientist that got uh, assassinated oh, did, about, yeah, about yeah. a week and a half ago um, so he's in his car driving along wife sat next to him in a motorcade if you call yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, he gets completely machine gunned to death yeah um, his driver jumps on him you know does his job you know his, his bodyguard should I say yeah. he gets mowed down as well his wife sat four inches away from him nothing at all and there's no one around no arrest no escapes no do you know what a runner saying what happened go on uh, they're saying that he got killed by a machine gun from space <laughs> <laughs> it's his man I love it but they're saying it's that you know this highly advanced uh, satellite from it was a secret surface on Mossad. Thank you. That's for um, the that's it, the Israeli secret satellite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are the boys out there. Yeah. They are really scary kind of people. Um, that they've got this technology and they're just literally machine gunning from space. Can you imagine? Well, I, I do believe they've arrested people now. Have this. they? Yeah. Oh, so honestly, this will just. But they've arrested them in space. <laughs> They'll just arrest anybody though, won't no, they? Machine gun from space. Yeah, I just love that. It's so Austin Powers, isn't it? <laughs> it's so I suppose yeah, I suppose the potential there is rather than actually being from space, it could be from the sky, it could be a drone. Yeah. That kind of like it. I still think they could do it from space, to be honest with you. Tech nowadays, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's, what's it's going to take it. a long time for a bullet to come down from space, though. You get a fast enough one, and you, algorithm technology. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. There must, you practice that enough. You're going to get the bend to it, and the you know the wind velocity and all. 
wrestling. Maybe so, I don't know. I just want it to be true. I don't know why I want it to be true. Maybe to kill off robot dogs or something. But the thing is there, I mean, this is, this might be my favourite um, monolith now, though, being in Iran. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. really cool. It sort of brings everyone together a bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, and especially there, like we said, it must. I think if it is being created, I think it might have been created by an Iranian artist, very creative people, you yeah, know, yeah. very art- artistic. They're all Persians, you yeah. know what I mean? They're absolute dudes at Iranian. Yeah. But they do say as well that you know people obviously Americans call them an enemy and all this sort of yeah. stuff. But they're generally people. They said before that Iran is just about one of the most sort of like uh, welcoming, yeah. beautiful place. Yeah, friendly. We've mentioned it before, isn't it just yeah. like tosses on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's everywhere, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, it's like definitely. you say, everyone's it's the tosses yeah. on top. It would just ruin everything. They should just fight out, get that dude with beard from Iran, and get Trump and get, you know, get the Ayatollah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Get old Boris in the ring. You know, what I mean, see what I you mean, can Boris do. is quite handy. He can have a go. Boxed for eating or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Trump get... one. Give it yeah. that soft bladder of lad. <laughs> I wonder who oh, saying that's beauty, what are we just knocking oh, it just everyone work, that's it. <laughs> I need <didn't> cheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sand in your eye like, oh, <laughs> Your shoe is untied. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lad. Oh, Uppercut. <laughs> Christmas lights were a bit of a bit of a damp squib there. Oh, they were yeah. almost too good. Let's put yeah, it that way. They were too, too good, good were they? You know what I mean? But maybe what's needed is get get away from all the uh, electricity and all the fancy tinselly stuff mm. and that. We need to get back to some more traditional oh, stuff that like good. Uh, it does. Unless it's this particular tradition, right? <laughs> now this is a uh, this is from the Scotsman newspaper by uh, Alison Campsey, and she looks into the intriguing and unsettling Scottish island tradition. Of skeckling. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. As winter came, the skecklers moved from house to house, dancing around the fire and banging wooden staves on the do- on the floor in a celebration of the supernatural. Ooh. So he's kind of our thing. Yeah, really, yeah. Think, you know, <laughs> sounds like, better, yeah, yeah. So the tradition of skeckling was observed in Shetland for hundreds of years with its roots in the Norse history of the island. Mm. Skecklers dressed in a straw skirt called a gloy, a short straw cloak and a tall pointed straw hat with a costume woven together using family crops. Wow. So you use like grasses and haze and things. You won't be smoking in that then. No, you won't. You bought like a fucking Roman candle. <laughs> Skeckling was a pagan custom when people hoped their rituals would bring the sun back from the grip of winter and ensure good crops according to an account of the custom. For hundreds of years, Skecklers went out on Halloween and over Yule, with weddings on Shetland sometimes treated to a visit. Dr Ian Tate, curator at Shetland Museums and Archives, said, Visually, the Skecklers are striking. But when you look into the custom, it is all rather intriguing and unnerving. Our cultural link to the Skecklers is 100% Scandinavian. 
it's very similar to the seasonal masquerade observed in the Pharaohs. The difference is in Shetland the costumes were made from straw, but in the Pharaohs it was seaweed. So basically they're kind of using the things and materials they have around them to yeah. hand, you know. I think Pharaohs is an Egyptian Pharaoh. No, it's a different spelling, but it's pronounced the same. But right. you know, I mean, it's the Pharaoh or the Faroe Island or Pharaoh. I think right. I always call it the Pharaoh Islands, but that's cool. But the Pharaohs uh, or the Pharaohese use a wooden mask, but in Shetland the face was masked by cloth. Skeckling was nothing to do with the Scottish tradition of guising. Now, guising is a different thing. It's uh, it's a little bit like. Uh, when you dress up as certain characters of a kind of like, almost like a play, a very ancient play, right. and you go through a, a little bit like, do you know, like of the Wicker Man? Yes. Whether it's like that, yeah, yeah. that's guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of play. Yeah, I got you. This is something completely different, but it's no less unsettling, you know. Right. The tradition was to play out the parts of supernatural beings, and you didn't reveal who was in the costumes. There was a suspension of disbelief. So even though you knew that people were out and about skeckling yeah. and these things, uh, everybody believed no, they were they'd been transformed. Wow! You know, the skeckler costumes were made of straw and originally featured a skirt, cape, and pointy hat with a piece of cloth sometimes used to cover the face. But it was children aged between eight and fifteen who would most likely take part in the, the tradition. The leader was a was called a scudlard, with the other main character known as a grolek. A type of fearsome bogeyman character. Oh, this is getting scary. Yeah. Dr. Tate said, although the Grolek was to be feared, once he appeared in the group, he was not to be feared. So he's, when he's not there, you don't know what he might do, but as yeah, soon as you can see him, yeah. he's not to be feared anymore. He was just part of the pantheon of supernatural characters coming into your house. Skecklers gathered round the fire, which would normally be in the centre of the room and the dance there around it. Dr. Tate said, quite often the skecklers would carry wooden staves which they would wrap on the floor. It was so ritualistic. And when they spoke, they disguised their voices. And they did this by speaking while breathing in. So it all added to bringing these non-human elements into your home. So, for example, you were talking like this now, but if you had to talk like this, oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) that is really naughty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A major element of the Skekla custom was a collection of food. Traditionally, a sheepskin bag called a buggy was the originally used to hold grain, and it would be passed round and food dropped in. But people knew what the Skecklers wanted, and what the Skecklers wanted was cooked meat. (laughs) Fair play. (laughs) The tradition faded during the 19th century when islanders became more open to British customs and ways. By the 1920s, it was often the case that the costumes would not be made in full, so they just might put men a hat on that, so they didn't go to the full elaborate (laughs) costumes, you know. And when the kebab shops opened in the 1950s, (laughs) it all disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) You could get the the cooked meats very easily indeed. People stopped passing around the sheepskin bag and dancing around the fires with the staves. And Skeckling was last observed in Shetland on Yell, the island of Yell, wow. in the 1970s, according to accounts. So, would you like to see some little Skecklers? Oh, I'd love to. There you go, look, got some Skecklers there. 
Wow. That's about that's ancient. That's about 1907, it? is that picture? God, that's excellent, isn't it? Really well made. Yeah. Little cheeky faces. Yeah. Kids scare me when they're in a group like that. Yeah, oh, I'm just going to get you. you know, I'm going to swat you for your dinner money again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that road. <laughs> but no, I loved all that. I loved yeah. the idea that you'd the be The tradition out there. as yeah. well, I it? It's so shame they've gone all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but what else must have been lost? Because the thing is, with when Christianity to sort of introduce to the British Isles and things. Mm. All sorts of weird traditions went by the wayside. Yeah. But it's these remote outliers, these yeah. Scottish islands, which were sort of kind of dangerous and wild and primitive, you know, as we know from our uh, Flannan Isle mysteries. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of strange beliefs were going on up there. But these Skecklers in the little straw costumes scuttling around asking for meat while doing the dance and their weird inward breathing speaking. <laughs> I mean, you wonder how it all began and what it was yeah. for. It would be full of that tradition, wouldn't it? Like you said, yeah. before, like the Romans and Christianity came, you know what I mean? It was like full of that. It might have a deeper meaning, wow. far deeper than anything that Christians have thought up. Oh, man. You know, I want to watch Wicker Man again now. <laughs> I think what me and you should do, we should get ourselves down bloody. Uh, uh, down the pet food store so get, get a load of hamster bedding <laughs> what do you mean they should go skettling yeah, let's bring it back <laughs> but you like cooked meat I do <laughs> and he brings it back as well the banging wood on the floor won't they? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway it's just started to rain here at Kraken Cove right. I don't know if you can hear it it's wonderful but we, we quite like the sound we of rain do, on the window panes don't we yeah. let's yeah. get kettle on actually let's get the rum out and do a bit of with let's get shit faced <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's raining let's get shit faced <laughs> so we hope you get shit faced too <laughs> yeah. so all that's left for me to do is say a big goodbye from Matt and it's a big bye bye from Benny bye bye take care There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Cove, Or Instagram at Pod. Ha ha!